Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This story deals with an old-fashioned lady who was planning a couple of weeks of vacation in Florida. She also was quite delicate with her language. And so she wrote a letter to a particular campground and asked for reservations. She asked, she wanted to make sure the campground was fully equipped, but didn't know how to ask about the toilet facilities. Well, she just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet in her letter. Well, after much deliberation, she finally came up with the old fashioned term, bathroom commode and she wrote the letter and referred to the bathroom commode as the bc does the campground have its own bc is what she wrote well when the campground owner read the letter he couldn't figure out what the lady was talking about with the letters bc well after thinking it over for several days he showed the letter to other campers and they couldn't figure it out either well they finally concluded that she must be asking about the location of the local baptist church And so he sat down and he wrote the following reply. Dear Madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter. I would inform you that the BC is located nine miles north of the campsite and is capable of seating 250 people at one time. I admit it is quite a distance away and if you are in the habit of going regularly... But no doubt you'll be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunches and make a day of it. (laughs) The last time my wife and I went was six years ago. And it was so crowded we had to stand up the whole time. It may interest you to know that right now there is a supper plan to raise money to buy more seats. They plan to hold the supper in the middle of the B.C. so everybody can watch and talk about this great event. I would like to say it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly. But it is surely not for lack of desire on my part. As we grow older, it seems to be more and more of an effort, particularly in cold weather. If you decide to come down to the campground, perhaps we could go together for the first time and I could sit with you. I can introduce you to other folks. This is a really friendly community. So this morning, we come to a very, very funny chapter. You know, one thing I love about the Bible, God has a sense of humor. Amen. What we come to this morning is a very funny text in the book of Acts. We'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Last time, chapter 19, if you weren't with us, Paul 
is on, give me your attention, Paul is on his third missionary journey there in chapter 19. And actually, it's his final missionary journey. He comes to the city of Ephesus. And in Ephesus, God is doing, in chapter 19, if you were with us, God is doing some awesome ministry. People are being healed. Demons are being cast out of people. There's great ministry going on. People's lives are being changed. People are turning from idols and turning to God. So there's some awesome ministry going on in the city of Ephesus. People's lives are being changed, as I said. They're throwing away all of their evil stuff. One of my favorite stories in chapter 19, text we talked about the last time. You know, if you were with us, the seven sons of Sceva, he had uh, Sceva's dad and he had seven boys. These boys were exorcists and they were playing around with demonology. Listen, don't play around with demon stuff. More than two people say amen. Thank you. These boys are playing around with demon stuff. And they watch Paul. They see Paul as Paul is being used of the Lord to cast out demons. And Paul walks up to people and he, he says, I, I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. And demons were coming out. These boys saw Paul doing that and they thought, well, I can do that. So they walk up to a man who had demons, possessed by demons. And they said to the man, they said to the demons, they said, we cast you out in the name of of the man that Paul preaches. And the demon said to the seven boys, he said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? I would have said, I'm out. (laughs) Let me tell you, when the demons start talking at you, you should be out. And the Bible says, listen carefully, the Bible says that those demons jumped out of that man into those boys, sent those boys beat up, running out of the city naked, and it made headline news in Ephesus. It was at that time in chapter 19 and verse 20, it tells us that the word of God grew and prevailed. And after that, Paul purposed, the Bible says in his spirit, to go visit the churches that he planted. And then it was at that time that there was a great disturbance or there was a great uproar or a commotion that stirred up about the Christians. As Paul was preaching the gospel and people were turning from idols and they were turning to God, people stopped buying the idols. See, the, 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 the idol, the god of that city, the goddess of that city was the goddess Diana. And these silversmiths, they made little images of the goddess Diana. And when you went to the city of Ephesus, you would buy a little image of the goddess of Diana, take it into the temple, have it blessed, and then take it home and put it on your shelf for good luck. And so because the people were turning to God and turning away from idols, these silversmiths who made those idols got upset with Paul. And the local union of silversmiths, 666, gathered together. And they said, we got to do something. And so they created an uproar. They created a riot, which brings us to chapter 20, verse 1. If you're with me, say amen. After the uproar had ceased, notice Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. Now, when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece and he stayed there 
For how many months, saints? Three. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. And Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia. Also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Derby and Timotheus and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. Listen, if you're having, you're pregnant and you're having a baby, don't name them any of these names. I mean, because kids are cruel. Kindergarten, can you imagine your kid going to kindergarten? Well, what's your name? My name is Tychicus. <laughs> Kick, what? I mean, what? What, what is that? Or you name him like Gaius. <laughs> Don't do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Don't do it. Well, these guys, they're all from Asia. I'm going to tell you more about that in a second. But look at verse 5. These men going ahead, they waited for us at Troas. But then verse 6, we, circle that we, Luke is with them at this time. Remember, Luke is the author of the book of Acts. So Luke joins the team now here in verse 6. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed. How long, saints? Seven days. Stop right there. Give me your attention. After the uproar ceased, Paul says goodbye to the brothers, and he heads north into Macedonia, where he's going to gather an offering to take back to the churches. You see, we know from the book of Corinthians that at this time, from the Bible and also historically, at this time, the mother church in Jerusalem was suffering. There was a famine in the land, and they were suffering financially. So Paul goes to Macedonia, and he visits the churches, which is always a good thing to do. I actually took the time to go and visit the churches that came out of this church. On the Sunday mornings that I wasn't here, I went to those churches, and it was a blessing just to go and see what the Lord was doing in other places. And Paul liked to do that. As you travel with Paul, you can see he liked to go to the churches, and he liked to check them out to see how they were doing. So Paul goes back up into Macedonia, and because he knows that the mother church is suffering financially and in the famine, he gathers money together to take to them, to help them in this difficult time. And so it's on this trip to Macedonia that he gets this money, he takes it back to the church. So when he came to Macedonia, then he went to Greece, according to the Bible, and he stayed there for three months, and then he came to the city of Corinth. Listen, Bible students, it's from the city of Corinth that Paul pens the epistle to the Romans. And it's very interesting because when you look in the book of Romans, you find just about chapter 15 to 16, you meet a lady named Phoebe. That's a nice name. It's a beautiful name. And Phoebe obviously was in Corinth when Paul was in Corinth. And somehow Paul discovered that Phoebe was headed to Rome. So Paul pens the epistle to the Romans. And he knows Phoebe's headed to Rome. And he says, hey, would you mind taking this letter to the church in Rome? That's how the book of Romans got delivered to the church in Rome, because a lady, a woman, a nice lady, a servant, a deaconess in the early church delivered, hand delivered this letter to the church 
in Rome. Very interesting. You can do some reading of that on your own time. But notice in verse three, all over the world about this time, we're told about three months. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, you want to notice that and note that all over the world at this time, the Jews were preparing to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. The Jews would go to Jerusalem at this time on these ships, and they were known as pilgrim ships. All Jews all over the world at this point wanted, needed to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover and for the Feast of Pentecost. Even still today, you talk to Jews all over the world, no matter where they are, during the Feast of Passover and during the Feast of Pentecost, they seek to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem even today. And they even say to one another as they're leaving each other, they'll say next year in Jerusalem, next year in Jerusalem. So the same thing with Paul. Paul is seeking to make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Pentecost. And it was at that time that Paul somehow discovered that there was a plot against him to kill him as he was traveling on the ship. Possibly to throw him overboard. And so Paul decided, I'm not ready to die yet. I think I'll go another way. And the Bible tells us that Paul traveled back to Macedonia. And while in Macedonia, he gets this entourage of men from Asia to travel with him. Verse four, Sopater. Our ticket, our, our, Aristarchus, pardon me. See, I told you don't name your kids that. Nobody can pronounce it. Secundus, Gaius, Timothy, Tychicus, and Trophimus. And it's very possible, listen, many scholars believe this, that these men who travel with Paul, remember they are from Asia. If you listen, remember your Bibles, Bible students, remember the seven letters written to the seven churches of Asia Minor in the book of Revelation chapter one and two. And remember, those letters are written to the angel, the messenger or the pastor of those churches. Many good, credible Bible scholars believe that it's these men from the area of Asia that travel with Paul back to Jerusalem for accountability with the money, for safety with the money, it's very possible that these men are the pastors of those churches at the time that it was written in Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 2. Very, very, very interesting. So we now notice from verse 6 in your Bibles, look at it again. As I said, Luke is with them. Very important. Listen, saints, Luke is with them. And I want you to notice, go ahead and look at it. They sailed from Philippi to Troas in how many days? Five days. You see that? Did I hear somebody say six days? That's not in this Bible. That's in another translation, which is not a good one. Notice they traveled from Philippi to Troas in how many days? Five days. Now keep your finger right here. Turn to Acts chapter 16. I'm going to show you something that perhaps you just might miss. Look at Acts chapter 16. And look just about verse 11. Acts 16 in verse 11. You there? If you're there, say amen. amen. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran, note this, a straight course to Samothrace. And the next day or one day came to Neapolis and then to Philippi. 
So in one day, they traveled, notice, from Troas to Philippi in one day. The word straight course, if you were with us in Acts 16, the word straight course literally means the wind at your back. Remember, I told you it was a mariner's term, and it means the wind at your back. They traveled with the wind at their back, and they got from Troas to Philippi in one day. Here in our text, flip back over to Acts chapter 20. Here in our text, they took the opposite trip from Philippi to Troas, and it took them how many days? Five days. One direction it took them one day. Another direction it took them five days. The direction that they took that took them one day, the wind was at their back. And they were able to sail straight. It was a straight course. You're still with me? Say amen. It was a straight course. It took them one day. Coming back the opposite direction, it took them five days to take the same trip. What, how do you explain the difference in time? Well, the difference in time, I think, is as simple as this. The weather. The weather. Traveling one day was a straight course. The wind was at their back. There was no tumultuous sailing and going the other direction. It took them five days because there was probably tumultuous seas. After one of the services, listen, one sister came up to me and she said, Pastor Rodney, do you know what today? She said, Pastor Rodney, do you know what tacking is? I said, well, I've heard of tacking, but I don't really know what it is. And if you've heard of tacking as it relates to the sea, raise your hand. Okay, man, y'all smarter than me. I even I never even heard of it until she told me today. I mean, I heard the word, but didn't know what it meant. And she was explaining to me that tacking means that you're going in a direction. And, and as the wind is coming at you, the ship should sail in a zigzag motion. It should go in a zigzag motion, sailing into the wind. So we can safely conclude, I'm telling you all this, there's a method to my madness, stay with me. I'm telling you all this to tell you something. As I was reading this and comparing Acts 16, so as I'm reading now Acts 16, because we've gone over Acts 16, and I'm reading this, and I'm going, well, that sounds like Acts 16. So I compare the two together, and I see that there's one day, and then there's five days. It started to occur to me that this somewhat represents the Christian pilgrimage. And this represents the Christian journey. I don't know about you, but if you've been a Christian for more than a week, you probably know that sometime in the Christian life is smooth sailing. And sometime in the Christian life, there's a lot of tacking going on. You understand? Say amen. There is a lot of tumultuous seas. Yesterday, I'm in the the barbershop. Y'all can see I grew a little bit of hair. And, uh, I went to the barbershop yesterday, and, uh, you know, I, I never go to the barbershop at 2 o'clock. It's about two, 1, 2 o'clock, and I, I never go to the barbershop at 2 o'clock because it's always very, very crowded, and I like to get in and get out. So I go to the barbershop about 6 a.m. My barber shows up at 5.30. Some of y'all are like, ooh, man, I'm up with God. I mean, God's up at that time. And uh, so I went to the barber yesterday about, you know, 1 or 2 o'clock. I'm sitting in the chair, and I... Uh, just kind of reading my Bible and just, you know, and it's pretty crowded. I'm sitting right next to this one guy and it's pretty crowded. We're sitting, you know, arm to arm. 
And, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, I haven't preached in a while. I've got to find somebody to preach to. So, you know, I look over at the guy. I'm reading my Bible, you know, and I, I look over at the guy. And I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. I'm reading my Bible again. I looked over again, you know. I'm thinking, man, i got to share the Lord with this guy. So I look over at him and say, hey, and I ain't know what to say. I mean, the biggest part of sharing the Lord is just kind of jumping in because you really don't know what to say. Am I alone but that? Okay. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, oh, you know. So I just said, I looked over at him and hey. I said, hey, uh, you ever read the Bible? They know what else to say, you know what I mean? I was like, how else do I get in there? You know, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, just kind of jump, you know, like jump in there, you know. I'm like, hey, I said, uh, you ever read the Bible? And he goes, well, yeah, 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 yeah I go to church. And, and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really asking you to go to church. I'm asking you to read the Bible. And, and the guy just began to open up. Now, here we're in this crowded barbershop. The guy just began to open up, and he started telling me that he was raised in a Christian home. His father was in ministry. His mother was in ministry. And the hypocrisy that he saw in the home as it relates to going to church, he said that he said to himself at some age, when I get of age where I don't have to go to church, I won't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites just like mom and dad. Parents, listen, having a double life at church and at home is hurting your children. Don't say amen too loud, but it's still true. It's hurting your children. You need to have the same life at home. And this guy began to share with me and I began to sh- and he began to share with me because he knew so much about church and, you know, the Bible that now he was having this struggle within to live a consistent Christian life. And he said his Christian life was like this. It was tumultuous seas for him. And I began to share with him that God wants your life to be smooth sailing. And that don't be alarmed because in the Christian life, listen, perhaps this is a word for someone today. In the Christian life, sometime there are tumultuous seas. Sometime it is troubled waters. But you can know this. Listen, you can know this, that even in your troubled waters, God will still get you where you need to be. Take Jonah, for example. Don't you remember the story? Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Remember? Tumultuous, to say the least. And remember... The, the whale barfed him up on the beach. I love that sermon. It was the title of my sermon, Barfed Up on the Beach. You ought to pick that up. It'll gross you out. It's a great sermon. And the whale barfed him up on the beach. And, I mean, it's true. Read your Bible. And, 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 and remember... Remember that even in the tumultuous seas, even in Jonah's disobedience, God still got him to the place that God had called him. Even though Jonah was out of the will of God, God still, that's why we sing, forever you are faithful, forever you are strong. We don't sing forever I'm faithful. Oh, y'all need to wake up and say amen. We don't sing forever I'm strong. I was sharing with that guy. I said, listen, you are not strong. You and your flesh cannot conquer your flesh. He was talking about he had struggles in the desires of his flesh. We never got into details. But I said, you and yourself, you're not strong. God is strong. 
God is faithful. And I told him, in order to get victory over your flesh, you've got to get in this thing called the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. That's the word. You got to get into the Bible. And I told him, I said, listen, until you get into the word of God, you're never going to get victory over your flesh. Because the, the word of God is what strengthens you. As I shared with him, Second Peter, it talks about as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you might grow thereby. In other words, you can't grow unless you take the time to get in the word. Well, needless to say, the barbershop was dead silent. And my barber, he looks at me, he goes, it's, uh, it's your turn. And I said, oh, no, let somebody else go, man. I'm going to preach and roll here. I ain't preaching a while. I got, I'm just like, I'm going at it, man. You know, I let a couple people go by. I'd never do that. Never do. And I had a great time in sharing the Lord. And then after I got my hair cut, I went out to the car and I had a bunch of stray CDs. You know, you just collect them and they're all in your car. And I went out in the car and I grabbed a bunch of CDs and, and I took them back into them. And I said, hey, listen to these. And I don't really know. I know they were CDs of teachings that I've done, but I didn't really have anything specific. But what I prayed as I handed him those CDs, I prayed, Lord, one of these CDs is going to be something that's going to change his life. And I don't know which one. And quite honestly, I don't care. God, I know that you are faithful. The Christian life sometime is troubled waters. And the Christian life sometime is smooth sailing. But it's in those troubled waters, in this Christian thing, this Christian pilgrimage, this Christian journey, that causes us to appreciate the smooth sailing. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.